such a good show we have planned for you. And my guest that I'm going to be talking to you with for the next hour has some incredible takeaways on what we are all going through today. Stress, how do we deal with stress management, tips, tricks, you're going to get it all today. And I got to tell you, oh, so good because I have gotten to know Dr. Ryan Allman, who is here with me today. I've gotten to know him fairly well over the last only couple months, but we've had all of these great calls, all of these great connections, and we've been doing them on Zoom, so I get to see him, and he's walking in the garden, he's down in Southern California, and which is, by the way, where we all know I grew up. And here's the thing, Dr. Brian Alman has not only been on predominantly every single show you have ever heard. Doctors, he's been on CNN, he's been on Fox, he's been on Good Morning America, Today Show, you name it, you name it. He's written multiple books that are all like off the charts. He is known as the stress doctor. And he is going to help us, help us figure out what we can do that actually will impact us today. He collaborates with some of the most incredible people, people's names that you've heard. He's called in, even when it has to do with NFL, he's called in to help everyone. And we have him here today. He is. He works in and has contributed to, again, not only psychology, not only medicine, wellness, parenting, business, sports, everything. Why is that? Because we all need help when it has to do with stress. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the Business Bootcamp, which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. All right, Dr. Brian, welcome to Thanks. the relaunch. Yes, I'm really happy to be here too. As you said, we've been getting along great. We've been collaborating. We've been imagining. We've been manifesting. And here we are. And here we are. And I'm sure that those people that are listening, they're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not seeing him potentially. You got to go over to YouTube. You can check us out there. But you know the voice. 
You have such a distinct voice. It is so awesome. I love it. So again, welcome, welcome. And we're going to start with something that is so impactful right now. And that is, I often say we're going through a global relaunch in so many different ways. There's so many factors, whether it's the pandemic. And now we also have a with the Ukraine, it's it's something that you are so passionate about. Both of us are, and that's actually how we first met. We were on you know a summit together, but help us understand the impact of global stress and and what you're doing right now to help the efforts around it. Well, global stress, like all stress, we all experience in our own unique way. And it comes in because we are human beings. We have minds, bodies, hearts, and souls. So we are all impacted. Then everything changes. Each individual deals with their stress, their traumas differently, whether they compartmentalize, deny, hold in, shut down, communicate, become proactive. So there are... So many possibilities. Let's just say that with the 88 billion neurons in the mind, most powerful pharmacy in the world in between your ears, we're all capable of dealing with stress and trauma differently. That's not even to mention how different we are emotionally. Our inner committee members are hopeless, hopeful, angry, sad, traumatized, lonely, isolated, angry, all those feelings. How many? Usually there's a whole bunch. Mm. There's so much going on. Let's not even talk about the 37 trillion cells in the body. So it's pretty hard to manage our experiences when there's a global stress like the pandemic, certainly like the war in Ukraine, it's very challenging for all of us and we deal with it in our own ways. And you and I met on the summit. So one of our coping skills is to be responsive. How can we respond? How can we raise a million dollars at the summit? I'm having another event, live music, people, custom jewelry, wonderful human beings coming to donate, to raise money. So everything we can do to rebuild Ukraine as soon as it's rebuildable. I mean, right now it's just coping mm. with trauma. The rebuilding is going to be, you know, the relaunching of Ukraine. We're talking years. You can oh, see yes. by the buildings and the schools and the people. It's It'll be years. So let me ask you, and you talk about the 88 billion neurons in the mind, the 37 trillion cells that we have in our body. And we have, you know, we, we listen to the news, we listen to the media, and they are there to bring us like kind of that, what's happening in that the negative state, right? That's what that's what the media always wants us to do. Hmm. Why is that? Why? Why do we have such like a need to hear the bad things that are going on? And that keeps our attention? Well, we all have a very strong fear center, that fight or flight, that survival, that, oh no, whether it's in our families growing up or it's in the war of Ukraine or the pandemic, that fear center in us 
is so central because it actually is connected to the life center of are we safe? Are we going to survive? What do we need to do? So the news and media and even reading, whether you're online or TV or streaming, it wants to evoke a response. And the easiest access is fear. And the more afraid we feel, the more engaged we are, and we can't even shut it off. Or we shut it off, we turn it back on. We shut it off, we turn it back on. We click it off, we click it back on. So there is a sort of almost an addictive experience once we start being afraid because we have to make sure we're going to survive. Oh, is it worse than I thought? Is it coming to America? Is it coming to Canada? Is it all over Western Europe now? What, what, what happened today? What happened last minute? You know, so there's so much fear and so much survival. So the other side of that, just getting triggered and, and of course, you know what happens to the immune system, what happens to all the cells. I mean, there's a real uh, cascade of chemicals that interferes with the immune system, thinking, concentration, peace, health, uh, all of this stress, all of these areas we proved at the ACE study uh, in San Diego Kaiser over 30 years, that it actually will lessen your life by 19 years if you're not going to deal with the stress that is happening in your life, given that it's traumatic. You're saying 19 years that will that will actually come off your life if you don't deal with your stress. Right. And the stress being defined as what we call it. ACE experience, which are adverse childhood experiences, growing up in a family where there's depression, which is very common, growing up in a family where there's alcoholism, that's very common, growing up in a family where you don't feel wanted, so there's emotional abuse, or physical or sexual, or any of those 10 risk factors from growing up, those, if they're not dealt with, and the more ACEs, the more stress or trauma we have can actually reduce somebody's life. Now, this is hard science. This is not theoretical imaginary. This is science with tens of thousands of people been replicated many places, many countries. So we know the impact on us if we don't deal with the stress. To, to your point, the stress can really harm us but it's how we deal with the stress that really mm. is the determinant factor of okay, if okay. we're going to go down. Very quick though, very quick. I wanna, I wanna yeah. ask you before we go into how to deal with this. Yeah. So there is, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, right? The pandemic is still, you know, lighting up different cities. It's, it's you know, more people are coming down with it. There's that constant stress of, you know, what's gonna happen, who do I know? How is it going to affect us? And then we have, um, you know, the invasion in the Ukraine. And it seems like, you know, now we're talking inflation and we're talking about interest rates. We're talking about all these things are coming at us. And so many people, and I, I did some research before I came on just because I wanted to see what was going on with stress. And even the stress of our kids in school and the suicide, you know, have thought kids who've thought about suicide one in five now in, in college or in universities are starting to, you know, like, oh my gosh. So we don't want to keep our head in the sand. We don't want to be like ignoring what's going on globally. So how do we, how do we be 
supportive of our fellow man and not get caught up in the, oh my gosh, the, the, the cyclone that keeps Mm -hmm. us in that state of stress. Mm -hmm. Right. That's exactly right. So just to support what you're saying, Hillary, people are reporting being more stressed now than ever before in their lives. So this is now defined as the most stressful time that anybody that's alive now collectively has ever lived through right here, right now, as we are at this date, this time. In history, are you saying? You're saying, are you saying in history, this is the most stressful? Anytime any of us have been alive, this is the most. Now I've had experiences with people who've been through Nazi Germany in concentration camps, Nazis, children, grandchildren of both of groups of those people. So they've been through things as bad or worse, but most of us, this is the most stressful time that we've ever been through. So I wanna be respectful of people who've been through horrific, catastrophic times. Or as you said, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that, you know, everyone's trauma, everyone's, you know, the situations you go through, they're relative to you, right? Right. I mean, it could be you had, you know, a a health scare and that was, oh my God, that was the worst time in your life. It could be the Mm -hmm. loss of a family, worst time of your life. We get that. But overall, overall as a global relaunch, as I describe it, this is, we are more stressed now than ever in our life. Right. So just to answer your question specifically, that we have an outer self and we have an inner self. We have outer stress, like what's happening in Ukraine, because here we are, and we have inner stress, what's happening with us financially, health, whatever we're going through. So there's two of all of us dealing with stress in the sense that we have outer stress and we have an outer self the one that says fine in you, you know, we have an outer self and we have an inner self that's dealing with our internal stress of what's really troubling us that we don't tell anybody because we all know that people have a public life, a private life and a secret life. Mm-hmm. And they don't really share the secret life. And that can either be a dark side, but the dark side can be about stress and struggling and really being unhealthy and unhappy. It can be about addictions and other areas, but we have a secret life that we just don't tell anybody, but it's in there. So we have an inner self and an outer self. So we have to deal with the stress on the outside. How are we going to deal with the pandemic and Ukraine and, you know, inflation and the economy and interest rates and all that? How are we going to deal with our inner stress, our emotions, our thoughts, Mm. our physical manifestations, our, our signals? So there's really two really two areas of stress that have to be attended to. Let's talk about that outer first, because if, if we can, and we'll, we'll get deeper into the inner, and I know you've written such an incredible book about it and we'll find out specifically, but again, Mm -hmm. we want to help others, right? It's innately in us that we want to support our fellow man, but at the same time, there is that delineation of helping and, and causing us like, oh my God, if I keep thinking about this, mm-hmm. I'm only bringing myself into a further state of high level off the charts right. stress. Right. So it's, it's interesting because what you're getting to 
is if I shut off the TV or I turn off my phone or I don't read the paper or I don't go online and I only do it, let's say for an hour a day and I start to manage it. Here's the thing about that though. It's much more intelligent to deal with the stressful feelings that we are having about inflation, about the economy, about our family, about Ukraine, about the pandemic. So instead of limiting and stopping and trying to control, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's that much so better true. to- We want to control. And it's no, like these things, no. these outer things, as you say, they're, right. they're right. out of our control. So when things are out of our control, outer things, as the example, we still have to deal with those. You know, everybody was raised with this gentleman's agreement. Nice people don't talk about difficult things. So you just hold it and don't talk about it. Well, that causes all kinds of medical problems. That's four out of five visits to the medical doctor is stress-related, CDC, NIH. We know that Harvard Medical. So we know why people are going to the doctor. They're going for anxiety, stress, very similar terms. Uh, and most of the doctors are looking for a diagnosis to write a prescription, but it's actually the person's story and their anxiety why they're there. But dealing with the outer stress, basically we have to deal with it. We can't not deal with it. We can't control it, fix it, stop it. Actually, the more you push things down, the stronger they get till they take revenge. So we want to deal with those things. We want to have a show like this where people can listen and connect and write in and chat and follow up and be part of a dialogue so that they can deal with it and communicate. You have friends that you can't talk about difficult things or family. You want to do that. If you're a journaler, it really helps. There's all kinds of techniques. Thing is, even like meditation, which I've written books about and mindfulness, which I've written books about, all of the techniques for dealing with things are really helpful. But really the takeaway is, let's just use meditation as an example. And I've taught in India, taught meditators how to go deeper into meditation. So I love meditation. And the real takeaway for meditation is learning how to be meditative. Mm. To be meditative. So when you're really overwhelmed by what's happening, let's say the pandemic of Ukraine, how are you going to be meditative? How are you not, going to- Not medicated, meditative. <laughs> and if you need medication, that's okay too. But we're talking mm-hmm. about being meditative, which means that you are learning to be aware of what you feel. You're accepting what you feel instead of trying to deny it. You are expressing, letting go, communicating, dialoguing to get up. You're even judging yourself for being so stressed or so sensitive or so worried or not able to do enough. It's okay. You want to express all that also so you can finally get to that meditative, deep inner voice, that true authentic you that every single person watching this, every single person listening to this has an inner doctor. But as we're leaving that idea of a global global stress, all these things that are coming at us, the fact that we're more stressed in our generation than we've ever been right now, are there global stress tips that we can be thinking about that we can be doing? 
Right. So one of the ones I've discovered is having compassion for what the people of Ukraine are going through, having compassion for what everyone in the world is going through with the pandemic, that how deep can you go with compassion for yourself, for other people? I always say to people, I advise this, I practice what I teach, when in doubt, go deeper. With everything that matters to you from love, to compassion, to music, to work, to working out, to play, anything that's important to you, when in doubt, go deeper. So how do we deal with the outer crazy mixed up world experiences that we are all going through? We really have to go deep in order to be able to really find our own best answers for how much can we deal with? Okay, I can watch the news every day for an hour. I can watch it for 15 minutes. I can't watch it at all. We need to find out as we have compassion and care, we have to sort of be guided inside by what's really going to help us be proactive, contribute to the people of Ukraine, you know, whether we are dealing with the pandemic one way or another way, to really be total in whatever we believe is right about dealing with what's going on. Because stress is oftentimes a normal response to adverse situations. So it's normal to be stressed and worried and upset. So when we feel like that, we have to really stay in tune with ourselves and figure out compassion is probably the big one, but of course it has to be followed by action because compassion by itself is just interesting. Mm -hmm. Actions actually can make a difference in contributing and being proactive. So they really have to go together. So when we talk about compassion and, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, I need to send money, I need to, you know, send an item, I need to do something like that. It can be just sending out the love around these people, the honest, like heart to heart connection that, you know, hey, you're, you're supporting them. But then action, it can be as simple as, you know, getting involved in some type of organization like you're doing and what you're putting together where people are coming together and participating and hearing and sending out the compassion and the love to those people. It's true. Well, you know, everybody watching and listening, the saying is if you have, give. So whether it is a donation to the Red Cross or the food bank, whether it's clothing or money, whether it's going down and helping pack the packages that get sent out. There's so many opportunities for all of us to do as much as we can that this is a war. And you know everybody's thankful that isn't in Ukraine or in Poland or Hungary that's being really overwhelmed that you're not going through it where you live right now. So what can you do with your compassion, with your love, with your care, you're a human being, you know, if this was happening to you, you'd want other people to help you. What would you love people to do for you? That's what you can do for the people of Ukraine. 
so important. And as you said, that there's this public side, right, of people, and then there's the personal and the secret side. And can we talk about that secret side a little bit more? Right. So when people repress their stress, I'm not going to deal with this. Doesn't really bother me. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm great. All of the sort of comments and responses people have pretty soon you lie to other people enough you lie to yourself everybody believes you but you're pushing it down into your body which is the receptacle sort of the basement the junkyard for all that stress that you don't want to deal with and that becomes a secret now when you have a secret basement filled with angst and worry and stress and fear and all of those things you, me, everybody needs to find ways of coping with that. I mean, that's why overeating is so popular because you can stuff your feelings down while you're stuffing food down simultaneously, kind of kill two birds with one stone kind of mentality, okay? Drinking, well, drinking is the drug to forget. So the more you drink, the more you forget. So keep forgetting, forgetting, and that works for a few hours or a night. And next thing you know, you're even more upset. And so there's plenty- Because it does of, cause depression as well, right? Right. There's the so many drugs, whether it's prescription or recreational or illegal, or you can buy at the supermarket or you can get at the 7-Eleven. There's so many drugs that people find to keep their secret life a secret that people oftentimes do it for a lifetime Usually uh, there's a wake up call because the body kind of says, I can't do this anymore. And then you've got all kinds of medical conditions and you've got doctors more than you're anywhere else. And now you're starting to do some of those secret coping skills less because you're spending money on your health and your body's telling you, if you keep doing it, you're going to fall apart and not be here anymore. So uh, there are wake up calls, uh, but the secret life that people have, the public private secret is very capable of keeping things underground. Mm, I think and, that with the pandemic, something yeah. that happened, and I know that, you know, e, my husband and I fell victim to this, is that we were, you know, we weren't allowed to go out. So we were starting to have versus a Thursday, Friday, you know, glass, two glasses, bottle of wine together. We were starting, we were starting to have it every single night. Like we were just like, Hey, there's an, let's have a glass of wine. We're not going anywhere. We're just here. And I think that I've read so many articles that this is also being known as an increase, whether it's, um, you know, the marijuana, whether it's, you know, the, the edible, whether it's what, you know, drinking, I think we are, you know, you talked about meditating and I said, you know, medicating, I think we mm -hmm. have been. Right. And so there's also the stress of, oh, geez, I think I've gotten a little bit, you know, too much. I've, I've started to do this too often. And we had to, we had to noticeably say, okay, wait a second. This is, this is not good. We should not be drinking every single night. Well, you but know, you you're raising a super important point, Hillary, that you want to really catch and everybody wants to know this. One of the things we learned in the ACE study with the secret lives, with the traumas, with stress, is that all of the coping skills, like you just mentioned, you and your husband with drinking, people don't realize that drinking is as much a solution as it is a problem. 
So to take away an addiction, to take away somebody's secret life coping skill, isn't really the best thing to do just to do that. There's actually inner work that has to happen. Specifically, nobody overdrinks to have liver problems, mm. but that's what happens. Nobody smokes to get lung cancer, but that's what happens. Nobody overeats to become diabetic, but that's what happens. So the solution works for a little while, and then it catches up with us. And sometimes you realize it too late. Hopefully you don't wait till it's too late, but the liver, the lungs, the heart, the immune system, we will pay for our solutions. And when you're smoking, you're not thinking, oh, 20 years, I'll have lung cancer. I don't care. I need mm -hmm. to de-stress right now. So you, I need to get rid of my anger and my stress now. Same with drinking. Nah, I'll worry about my liver in 20 years. I don't have to worry about it right now. And meanwhile, 20 years comes pretty quick. Everybody's learned that. But nobody drinks to get cirrhosis of the liver. But the no, liver but, can't but, but let's talk about this yeah. because- what happened during, you know, especially March of 2020 until March of 2021, where we really were inside, we weren't going out, we weren't doing anything, is that drinking became a habit. Yeah. It became a habit that it's like, all right, it's, you know, 530, let's, you know, have a glass of wine and let's sit around. I felt like a little bit of like in the 1950s, right? Leave it to Beaver and you'd see them, you know, having their cocktail and mm -hmm. hey, it's five o'clock somewhere right. and they're, you know, it was a nightly event. But it did become a habit and it was a habit to deal with stress, to deal with like, oh my gosh, we're, we're stuck inside. We can't go outside. And so how do you help people? What do you suggest when there are situations where you have built up these bad habits mm -hmm. that are placating your stress? Right. How do you even begin that process? Right. That also have a good side and that you and your husband together, you're feeling safe together. You're oh, in we were a having a ball. We were, we were ordering amazing so, food to come in, having wine. I mean, we were having, we were actually enjoying it. We're like, hey, this yeah. is great. And then finally it's like, all right, come on. It's right. like Groundhog Day. Whoop, yeah. There it is yeah. again. So the question about how do I help people? The first thing is to realize that you are doing the best you can to feel better. And we all want to feel better. And you're using drinking as a way to feel better. And that makes a lot of sense. So let's just understand that. So you're not doing anything bad. I wouldn't even call it a bad habit. You're not being a bad person. You're doing what you can to manage your stress. And hopefully it'll be over and you'll get through it. And now that we realize that, let's also look at what might be a problem now and in the future. So let's really look at that and let's look at why you're so stressed and you're drinking every night and it's becoming a habit. Let's sort of get a better understanding. Oh, it's the pandemic. Oh, it's the isolation. Oh, it's trying to stay close when you're both panicking inside and don't want to say anything. Oh, so let's understand all that. Let's look at the solution side of it. Let's look at the problem side of it. And let's have some strategies together, which are really great for dealing with the emotional issues, the psychological issues, the physical issues, the habit issues, the stress issues. This 
thousands of techniques that help immediately and long-term in this deep inner work that oftentimes has to happen also. But it's impossible that every single person listening or watching won't find a technique or techniques that help them now and continue to help them make progress, not an overnight on-off switch where they go from drinking all the time to not drinking. We're not looking for the, it's more of like a reestate, like a dimmer. You just want to make progress, progress, progress till you're really in great shape and doing fine and really being alive and present and healthy and feel good. And your relationship with your husband, of course, will be better than ever. Well, you make a really good point there um, that it, you know, what were we really doing? We were taking pause. We were sitting down. We were talking to each other. And the way we we broke the habit, and thank you for saying I'm not a bad person for having this, and I'm sure there's many people out there that are raising their hand like, that's me, that's me. (laughs) But I think that what we realized was, all right, let's just still sit down, let's talk. And we did, we had that communication, we were able to say, you know, this is what's going on. This is what happened today. And it did, it it brought us back. And in communicating as a woman, Mm -hmm. it actually decreased my stress, right? And, and my husband, he just sat there and he listened. And then I would ask him, I'd say, you know, well, you know, how are you doing? And because he wasn't able to go and, you know, be at the office and get the testosterone, it's like, we had to try to figure out how can he reduce his own cortisol that was building up from the stress of everything that he was feeling? And so we ended up doing something different and we decided that we were going to start to go for a walk during that time. We're like, okay, we're looking at each other. We're like, all right, we're not going to have a glass of wine. Let's go for a walk. And it, Mm -hmm. and it helped break the cycle and it was great. And we still got the benefits, like you said. Now, one thing that I wanted to say, as I'm like throwing things around, I'm I'm so excited about the next. I love what you're saying though. I love it. The next conversation that we're going to be diving into is you have a book, Less Stress Now. You have written six steps to freedom for stress. You've written about your inner voice. Listen inside your truth will set you free, which we all are like, set me free, set me free. I would like to move into that point of letting people know how, how can we now less stress now make this part of our daily lives. Mm -hmm. And as we go into this, I want to ask you, when you think about that, the people you work with and the people you touch There are so many. Have you noticed one area, one group, men, women? Is there one group that's more stressed right now than the other? Well, for sure, I would have to go to the individual person because a lot of times we learn how to deal with stress in our families. And like trees, we still have all the rings of the tree. We still have our one-year-old self, five-year-old self, 15-year-old self inside of us. So a lot of our coping skills came from our family. So whether you're male or female or non-binary or transgender, whoever you are, your family experience is really the, the root of how you're going to deal with your stress. So that could be any gender and you could be in a family with 
you know, all girls and one boy, all boys and one girl. It's really not the boy girl. It's the age you were when your parents were drinking or your mother was depressed or your father left or they got a divorce. So it's so individual. What you're getting to though, is that men tend to deal with their stress, generally speaking, very differently than women deal with their stress, generally speaking, with respect to the individual differences, because Ooh. that's ultimately- And we're going to talk about these roots, these stress roots, and how, Dr. Brennan, tell us, how, how do men deal with it differently than women? Well, men tend to internalize and hold things into their body, sort of the John Wayne technique, where <laughs> that was my that was one of my dad's favorite favorite. Anything John Wayne, we had to watch. Yeah, exactly. So tough on the outside, composure. You know, don't let anybody see you sweat. You know, kind of hold it all in. And who knows if there's a volcano inside erupting? But that's sort of the male stereotype and it's really common is that everything looks fine you know at work golfing walking at the store at the restaurant on vacation everything looks fine on the outside now their private life so that's their public life their private life usually is a bit messier but nobody's really talking about that he insists certainly don't air your dirty laundry and then the secret life, well, not even the partner knows that usually. That's the guy's own secret life. You know, we know those possibilities. Everybody does. Just go on the internet and you'll see where the guys are dealing with their secret life. That's not uncommon. It's not just the, you know, media stories that come out. It's very popular. So men tend to keep things in, hold it in, and then kind of feed their secret life for dealing with things that really nobody, nobody knows how they, what's really going on. Inside. Okay, we got to go here. Yeah. The secret life. Yeah. Give us some examples of secret lives. Okay, well, porn is definitely a popular one. Yep, no doubt. Okay, drugs are a popular one. Mm -hmm. Some that would surprise you are that men oftentimes are catastrophizing in their secret life. Oh God, oh no, now what's going to happen? Am I going to live? Am I going to die? Is she going to leave me? Is she going to stay? Should I get a divorce? Should I call the lawyer? Is my business going to fail? Am I going to go bankrupt? That's so, interesting. I think that would be more of a woman spinning that well, cycle. So, so yeah, every, interesting. Everything I'm saying about men definitely goes over to women as well. We're just answering primarily the men dealing with it actually means not dealing with it most of the time. And so things get pushed down into the basement, the subconscious, the junkyard. And then that secret life becomes, how am I going to cope with this? I can't let anybody know this. I can't let anybody see this. Nobody would, could ever know this about me. If they knew this about me, they wouldn't approve of me or like me or accept me. So I have to keep it down, keep it in, and then do what I do to cope to not really show any of that. Mm, you know, I read something so interesting. I'd love to get your take on it. And that was that because that we have been isolated, we have, you know, caused that we've had to stay inside, that affairs mm -hmm. have, have gone from physical affairs to emotional affairs online, on phone calls, on Zoom. 
And that is another mechanism of dealing with stress. Right. But yet, but yet, my goodness, if you have to have a, a secret live where you're trying to deal with getting like having an affair, I mean, yeah. you talk about stress, I would think that would like send anybody over the edge. Right. Well, you know, all of the coping skills, whether it's that one or the others, like we said, it's solution and problem. They push the stress down, the stress gets bigger. You know, you drink. Mm -hmm. And then the liver, the smoke, and then the lungs. And everything you're doing, even the affairs online and the communicating like that, it decreases the stress because you're excited, looking forward to you connect. And then there is the, uh-oh, what if anybody finds out? Oh, no, I'm actually spending money. Uh-oh, now what? I don't know if I should keep doing this. I'm falling apart. Oh, but I feel so good when I do it. Oh, no. So all addictions, all coping skills for dealing with stress have their solution side and their problem side. Ultimately, if you don't get to the root cause of what it's all about, that can continue for a very long time. Oh, I see that because I, I, I refer to it as the relaunch roller coaster, where you got the highs and you got yep. the lows and mm -hmm. you got the highs and you're and you're almost like you're on such a unsteady surface. And so when you start to notice, and as you, as you wrote in your book, Less Stress Now, as you start to notice you're on that relaunch roller coaster and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, you're going like high stress and then you're trying to satiate it with something. What do you recommend in order to get off that roller coaster? What's that first step that you say, hey, less stress now, first mm -hmm. step to being able to do mm -hmm. that. What can you do? Okay, so- Pretty much everybody that we are talking about right now has awareness. So they have the awareness. I know what I'm doing. I am on that relaunch roller coaster. I am going up and down. I am going back and forth. I'm going from stress to releasing stress to more stress. So people have awareness. So the point here, Hillary, is that awareness is not enough. Simply stated, pretty much every obese person on the planet knows about protein and calories and carbs and fat content. They're like nutritionists. It's not a lack of information. Awareness is here. Okay. We need to bridge awareness with acceptance of ourselves, of what we're doing. This is tough for people. Some people, the best they can do is accept that they can't accept themselves, but we have right. to get to acceptance of what we are aware of because acceptance opens up the inner doctor potential. It opens up the inner wisdom. Awareness alone is just interesting. Add, it's actually unconditional acceptance, but let's just go with acceptance of what we're doing what it's all about, kind of understanding compassion, like we spoke about before, that helps. And then of course, we also have to release and let go and get it out because if we hold things in, they get stronger. So we have to find ways, find techniques, find solutions. There's thousands to let go and release. And this is one of the interesting things about coping that you won't hear anywhere else. You won't learn this anywhere else because it took us well, what, decades with the ACE study, Dr. Folletti at Kaiser Permanente, uh, the team, the Relish.life team, all of the people working together, we learned that you really have to 
get to the inner judgment towards yourself. So mm. people all think with stress, I need to stop being negative. I need to stop being judgmental. I need to stop criticizing myself. I need to stop being so, uh, you know, adversarial with myself. Well, that's impossible because you know you make mistakes. You know, you've already proved yourself to be untrustworthy. You know, you're mad at yourself. You know, you've disappointed yourself. You have to do the opposite. You have to actually express, be aware, accepting and let go and really communicate, really give it a voice. Your inner judge, your inner critic, the part that probably all stress programs and all approaches are trying to get rid of has a lifetime membership. <laughs> you couldn't get rid of it with a lobotomy. So that inner that judge, so inner critic is in us towards ourselves, towards other people. So instead of trying to stop it, control it, fix it, get rid of it, because I can tell you right now, it's never worked for anybody on the planet. So you can save yourself decades and money and time and energy, do the opposite. You're actually going to have to learn to be accepting, aware and expressive, not just of your feelings, but also your judgments, your criticisms, your negativity, that you're never good enough. You're never gonna be good enough, that you're not satisfied, you're not doing enough. We all have that. So that's actually stressful to try to repress it and push it down and get it into the basement, get it into our body. And I'm suggesting from 30 years of research and training and 12 books and teaching all over the world, do the opposite. Find ways to, if you can't make friends with it yet, I understand because you think of it as the enemy, but it is part of you, probably trained by a parent or by society, but that inner judge, that inner critic really needs to be expressed. And as you grow, as you make progress, you'll actually learn to be friends with it and give it certain jobs, like instead of running your life, it can remind you to keep the budget or stop at red lights or be on time, give it jobs. Just don't let it run your whole life, but that's work. That's, okay, that's I love I love what you said in terms of first have that awareness mm -hmm. and then, you know, you're aware, you're aware, mm -hmm. hey, I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like I'm running, you know, on high, like we're revving the engine really high. Then you have that acceptance. All right, I'm revving the engine high. But then what you're saying is lean into and be able to express right. that piece of it in a non-judgmental, like express like, okay, I'm doing this, but I'm starting to understand yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not what like, I'm keep, saying keep is, going there. I see okay, the finger no, up, I'm right like, You're right there. You're right at the same place that most people just kind of miss one teeny point, which is, yes, express the feelings, yes, express the stress. Then when you get to the judgment, do not try to be non-judgmental. You will have a zero success rate. You are going to be judgmental towards yourself and other people. It's inevitable. It's a part of all of us. Do the opposite. Learn to express it. Release it. Give it a voice. Make an ordeal about it. Give it five minutes. It'll be emptied out. Hold it in. It'll last five decades. Get it out. You might get through it in minutes or hours, weeks or months, whatever it takes, but you will empty out and you will end up utilizing it as a bridge to your inner wisdom, not a wall, but a bridge. You try to get rid of it, it's gonna get stronger. Oh. Deal with it, 
So, so important. So this is again, giving yourself that no judgment zone. No judgment. After you judge. After you judge. Yeah. Then you're like, all right, hey, moving on. Exactly. Excellent. You can't can't jump across a 30 foot river. You can't jump into non-judgment. You have to go across by being judgmental to get to the non-judgment. Well, as we now, (laughs) unfortunately, have to wrap this up. Yes. Dr. Bryant, how do people find you? How can they stay connected to you? Okay. So I have a website. TrueSage, T-R-U-E-S-A-G-E.com. The real message there is everybody is their own true sage, inner doctor, inner wise woman, inner wise so man. Good. And so all of the techniques at TrueSage.com are facilitating people getting to their inner wisdom. Of course, I'm on social media. It's at Dr. Allman. And we will make sure to have yeah. everything, um, all know, links. You'll Thank find you. me. Thank you again, Dr. Brian. We were so excited to have you. So much wisdom here. And next week, make sure you come back. I am going to be bringing you some, you know, you're going to you're going to laugh, you're going to cry. It's better than cats. Just come back. We are going to have an amazing time next week. So again, Dr. Brian Allman, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Hillary. I love being with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.